This is a summary of the second Sikh of Parshas Hazinu, Yud Dalit. We are here to discuss women and Taira. Once again, we're here again. We've had an extensive, unbelievable, um, novel Sikh of the Rebbe about this already in the second Sikh of Parshas Akeb earlier in this very chilek of Lukhutei Sichais. And now, once again, we're back. And it's not random. Actually, if you look at the end of the Sichai, you'll see that it's the exact same fabrengens of the Rebbe, in Shavuos and Parshish Nasi in the year 1970, and this is the discussion that Rebbe uh, was focusing on and discussing and creating this powerful idea that women are very much obligated. And, uh, and uh, of course, this is a great backing for the novelty of the previous, of the, of the last century. And it's not just out of necessity that we have women studying Taita, um, which is the way it would seem on its face, that in order to battle assimilation and in order to give, women are learning anyways. They're learning all the secular things of the world. So if you don't give, teach them Taita, ain't going to work. Um, but we're saying, no, that Abba takes it to the next level, that it's actually women are specifically obligated to study Taita and they have a special connection to Taita. So in that regards, how does this connect with this week's Parsha? It connects that there's actually a number of Rishayim, great Talmudic authorities, the greatest of the great, such as the Ramban and the Sefer HaChinuch and others, who say that there's actually it's actually a biblical mitzvah to make a blessing before one studies Taita. And the source is this week's Parsha. It says in the Taita, Kishem Hashem ekra havu When I call out to the name of Hashem, you should ascribe greatness to the Lord. What is that referring to? So they explained that before Moshe began teaching Hazinu, he said you should praise Hashem. So, so too, before we begin studying Taita, which is like Hazinu, um, we begin to praise Hashem. And this is the source of a biblical bless, a biblical commandment to make this blessing. The only other commandment to make any other blessing is the commandment to make the blessing over for the grace after the meal, after one eats bread. Now, what kind of blessing is this? When the Titus says to make a blessing, think about it, like over the bread, grace after the meal, we're thanking Hashem for giving us the bread. Um, but then there's a commandment, we, we, we make a blessing, where we thank Hashem for giving us a particular commandment. Does it sound over here per se that the Titus is telling us to thank Hashem for giving us the commandment to study Titus? Not necessarily, not at all. It says, when I call out the name of Hashem, ascribe greatness to the Lord, to Hashem, to our God. And if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, it says this quite explicitly. It, it says that, that, that the blessing is over, that a person should realize the value of the title, the words of the Shulchan Aruch, the coveted item of Hashem, and which is which should bring a Jew, a Jew more joy and pleasure than any other pleasure in the entire world. He's so happy, and especially based on what it explains in Chassidus and Kabbalah, and the Taita is one with the Abish, it's one with Hashem, and it's a, a way for a Jew to be intimate with God and to become absolutely one with Hashem. And Hashem invested himself within the Taita. I mean, there's nothing more joyful and more powerful for a Jew than receiving the Taita. And he thanked Hashem for doing that. And in fact, if you read the blessings of the Taita, you'll notice that they're not typical blessings. Maybe the first one, yeah, but we the rabbis instituted three blessings. The blessings are like thanking God for choosing us from all the nations and giving us the Torah, we're falling over ourselves in excitement and thanking Hashem for giving us the Torah. And even according to the opinions, there's many opinions who say that it's a rabbinical blessing, still you see there's a difference in the nature of this blessing, both if you look in the Code of Jewish Law and from the wording of the text, it's a different kind of blessing. And clearly this blessing is associated with women as well. As we discussed at length in Parshish Akiv, and I do recommend 
um, people go review that sicha. But the bottom line that comes out of that sicha is that I've explained is that women don't just learn Torah as a prerequisite, as a condition in order to know what to do. Rather, this creates an independent connection and even mitzvah to study the Torah. And the Rebbe said a very interesting point there, that even though non-Jews as well, when they study Torah that's relevant to their commandments, it also has a, a greatness of Torah, but it's not the same as a woman. Why? It's not like a Jewish woman and a non-Jew, a Gentile, it's the same uh, level of connection. Because in the end of the day, Hashem explicitly did not give the Torah to the non-Jew, and Hashem explicitly gave the Torah to all Jewish people, including women. So the Torah, in fact, is given to, given to women just as much as men. Even if there's a technicality that the obligation to study Torah every second somehow was was removed, was not was not given, a, a woman was exempted from that, but it doesn't mean the actual Torah wasn't given to the woman. So, and, 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 um, which is the explanation of what, why it says in the Code of Jewish Law, in Simmem Zayin, chapter 47, that women are obligated to study Torah, to, to make the blessing over Torah, because they're obligated to do the mitzvahs, and Hashem gave them the Torah to, um, um, to, uh, to, 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 to learn, and in order to arrive um, at their mitzvahs. Okay. Problem is, based on what we said a moment ago, that was the explanation of that, of that other talk. But coming back to our talk, to our, to our sikha, which is really the same sikha, uh, and the Rebbe is the same for Brengen. But coming back to our discussion, why does the Shukhanah have to come on to this point that the women study the Torah, which is relevant to their mitzvahs? That's not relevant. What about the fact that it's not a regular birchas hamitzvah? It's not like, thank you for giving me the commandment to study Torah. You're actually thanking God for the Torah itself. In fact, the Rebbe compares it to birchas hanenen. It's 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 like the blessing we make over um, uh, over food. It has a certain similarity with thanking God for the item itself, and the, the item was 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 the, was given to women just as much as men. So the chayyid of the bracha, seemingly the bracha should have been obvious that a woman makes it, and you, don't, you shouldn't have to come on to an explanation of the obligation of women to study teda uh, for for the for the mitzvahs that they need to know. That's the question that we're dealing with today. And for the sake of the summary, we're not going to go through the entire sicha, but let's zoom in on the answer ultimately that the Rebbe gives. And what what that answer is is essentially is that the reason why he gives this this answer, this explanation rather, why women make the blessing, it helps explain why a woman doesn't have to make a blessing every time she studies Taida. In other words, there's a overarching question in general, why we only make the blessing over Taita once during the day, and that satisfies the obligation for the rest of the day. And with this explanation, it helps explain to me why women, it's the same thing, that one blessing works for the entirety of the day of studying Titus. Let's dive right in. What is that answer? Why men and women? Why is it that one blessing works for the entire day. We know that if you do a number, you do a mitzvah a number of times, different mitzvahs throughout the day, that's how you put on tefillin for whatever reason at 7 a.m. And then you put on tefillin at 10 a.m. A different, you know, then you have to make a new blessing, of course. Every mitzvah that we do, you do it again, you do another blessing. Why the taita is there one blessing covers the whole situation. And there are two explanations offered as a big argument and with actually ramifications, you know, in Afghan minutes. In the Code of Jewish Law, um, regarding this question, regarding this question, one of them is that being that a man, a person, which we're going to see in, in a second is relevant to women as well, but let's, let's just begin with men. 
being that there's a mitzvah to study Torah every second of the day, therefore your mind is actually not ever really removed from the study of Torah. So even though, so you made the blessing in the morning, but even though you, even though you're, you're going to work and you're and you're going to the bathroom, everything you're doing ultimately you're always going back to learning because learning is the is the is the defining fa- feature and factor. It's it, it's the constant. Everything you're doing, you're taking a break for a second, but immediately you're going back to what you're doing with your life and what does a Jew, what is a Jew obligated to do with their life? The obligation to study Teda, and that's what and that's what they do, and therefore it's not considered a separation. That's answer number one. Answer number two is that the rabbis instituted the blessing in such a way, like Birchis Hashaka, like the blessings we make in the morning, each and every morning, thanking Hashem for all the things that He gives us. Is the rabbis instituted in such a way that um, that it should not be. Um, that it's once a day, and that covers the obligation. Now, if we want to really understand the extent of this idea that we say that the obligation is on you every second, we zoom in on one particular fact factor of that, which is that even going to the bathroom and even going to the base hamerchas, a shower, and so on, even at such a place, you're considered connected to the Taita, and you're re- returning immediately to the Taita. Why is that such an incredible novelty? It's such an incredible novelty because it contrasts with the law of tefillin, for example. By tefillin, if I take off my tefillin and I plan to put it on again three minutes later, whatever it is, um, my mind is on it, then you don't make a new blessing when you put it on. However, what if I go to the bathroom? That creates a problem because if I go to the bathroom, being that I, when I'm going to the bathroom, I'm not allowed to put on tefillin or weird tefillin, that creates a separation, and I have to make a new blessing when I put on the tefillin. And the question is, why is it different? Similarly, I have a mind to put it on right when I leave the bathroom. What changed from the tefillin versus the mitzvah of learning tefillin? And the answer is that the mitzvah of tefillin specifically is the wearing of the tefillin, not the intention of the tefillin, not the mind being on the tefillin, um, there's no way that the mitzvah of tefillin really doesn't exist in the bathroom in a way, right? Because a human being has to go to the bathroom sometimes. And Hashem doesn't told us that you're not allowed to wear tefillin in the bathroom. And therefore, with the tefillin in the bathroom, you when you're in the bathroom, there the mitzvah of tefillin is gone. The primary mitzvah of tefillin, which is wearing the tefillin. Now, we're going to see in a moment, there is another part of the mitzvah of tefillin, which is the intention of the thinking about the tefillin. Which right that is another part, but it actually doesn't define the mitzvah of wearing the tefillin. Just like, for example, tzitzis, I could wear tzitzis, and then there's an extra mitzvah to add a blue string, the tchelis. It's not that the tchelis without the tchelis there is no mitzvah. There's a mitzvah to have tzitzis regardless without the tchelis, and then there's another mitzvah basically, but it's part of the same mitzvah to have tchelis. And if I don't have tchelis, then I still wear the tzitzis. So it's over here. There's a mitzvah, the intent of having of what you think about when you put on the tefillin and not losing mind of the tefillin and so on. That is a mitzvah, but it doesn't define the mitzvah of wearing the tefillin. And fundamentally, going to the bathroom is a contradiction. To the wearing of tefillin, even if even if I plan to put it on as soon as I can, however, I'm not allowed to put on tefillin when I'm in, when I'm in the bathroom, and that in itself contradicts the mitzvah of tefillin. Versus taita, the the mitzvah of taita is like pressing down around you. Just think of a globe surrounding you, or some. It's pressing down on a human being every second of the day. He has to study taita. He has to get out of the bathroom already in order to get back to studying taita. He's not allowed to kratz and waste his time in the bathroom. Of course, he has to do what he needs to do. Um, However, a person has to get back to studying Taita. In fact, even the thought process, whenever a thought of thought of Taita enters a person's mind in the bathroom, they have to reject it because I'm not allowed to think of Taita in the bathroom. That in itself is a connection to Taita. And we see how it's surrounding you. It's, it's it, the Taita is entering through the windows and through the crack under the door, under the door and the crooks and, and crannies. You see how it's getting in. 
in different ways. For example, the Tagamara says if you see if you think of something doing something wrong, you have to or, or seeing someone else doing something wrong to separate from an Isser, from a prohibition, you are allowed to speak up and say words of Taita and think words of Taita in the bathroom, right? And uh, and so on. The Taita the, the is very much involved, being that it's an Indian of intent, it's very much involved with the person even when they're in the bathroom. In fact, there's a great halachic term called which means that it's like a lion crouching over you. I mean, the mitzvah is there, but there's something that, that is scaring away, which is not allowing certain elements of the mitzvah to take place, but nevertheless, the mitzvah is still and that is what's happening with tefillin. Now, I, I said I'm going to mention about the intention of tefillin. That's very interesting, and it even connects to the conversation as well, because when you're wearing the tefillin itself, it's very interesting. I actually, I have to have the intent of the tefillin every second. However, at the same time, and the Alter Rebbe says that clearly in Shogunar, you have to have, you can't even take your mind off it for one second. But on the other hand, he says that you're allowed to be involved in business and do other things as long as you're not being frivolous. It's a direct contradiction. The answer is that, being that when I put on the tefillin, I put it on with the intent of accepting upon myself the yoke of heaven and subjugating my mind and heart to Hashem. I don't have to think about that every second, literally, because all everything I'm doing is an extension of my original intent, my original thoughts when I was putting on the tefillin. And everything extends back to that point when I was having those intentions. And therefore, I am thinking about it every second to a degree, even if I'm not. So it's very similar to over here by the Toyota that we're saying that even when you're working and even when you're everything you're doing Everything is going back to the original intent that a person is always going back to studying Torah. However, however, for a person to be frivolous, all those things, that contradicts your intention about tefillin and undermines it, which is why the Shochanach says a fascinating law, that even according to the first opinion that a person's mind is always on the Torah, but if it's a person who takes a, a, a goes to sleep, a real sleep, not a little nap, that actually goes to sleep for a few hours, or a person who explicitly goes against the law of the Taita, and they don't go back to Taita. They don't do Taita. That's not them. It's a, it's a weird thing for them to do Taita. They'll do Taita maybe in the morning for a few minutes. You'll, they'll, you'll never catch them, God forbid, learning Taita throughout the day. That's not what they do. They don't learn Taita. Such a person is actively going against this intention of the way Taita is supposed to be in a Jew's life. When you go against it, that's a different story. Just like by Tefillin, when you go against the original intent, it goes against it. How does all of this exp- help explain why the Alta Rebbe said the reason why women are obligated to make the blessing over the Taita is because they're obligated to learn Taita for the sake of the mitzvahs? Because if it would be merely just them thanking God for giving them the Taita, you'd have the question that seemingly every time they study Taita, women should have to make a new blessing. But now that we've included them, that they have this obligation the entire day to study the mitzvahs, they have a connection, to, an independent connection with the Taita that has any relevance to the mitzvahs that they're obligated to learn. Therefore, this obligation creates this aura of Taita around a woman as well, basically. And therefore, a woman as well, you can have the same explanation why one time in the beginning of the day works for the rest of the day. But my dear friends, what about, according to the second explanation given by the Shulchan Aruch, that it's like like the blessings in the morning, why did Alter Rebbe have to bring down this concept that women... Um, are uh, say the blessing over the Taita because they are obligated to learn Taita for the sake of the mitzvahs that they need to do. The answer is the Alter Rebbe actually hit two birds with one stone, if you think about it. What he did was was brilliant because the Alter Rebbe explains elsewhere that what things did the rabbis institute that you should make a blessing over every morning, things that you benefit from every day. Shabriz, nan, and b'chol, yoim. Things that Hashem blessed them with. If a woman would only learn Taita in such a way that it's a contingent basis that only when I need to know something then who said it's something that a woman, it's it's automatic thing that every human being benefits from every single day of their life. It's it's like part of the human 
condition, part of the human nature, it's part of a, a person's life. Only by telling me that women have an actual obligation to study Taita as Taita for the sake of the mitzvahs that they need to know, and this creates its own obligation to study Taita, this tells me that women have a connection to the Taita every day, and therefore they could make the blessing like Birches HaShachar.